Hey everyone, welcome to the Smoke Pit. This week will be a, a bit different. It is Memorial Day, and I've asked the other hosts to take a segment and speak to what's in their heart about the day. Sometimes it's hard to get those feelings out, and so we wanted to share with you our thoughts on the day and our contemplation. So first up will be Mike Sensi, then back to me, Daniel Sharp, and then over to AJ Pfeffer. And if you've never been to combat and you've never served in the military, never lost a close friend, whatever the case is, you have every bit of permission that you may ever need to to continue and listen to this. I know some people feel that it's not their place and they don't know how to ask and they don't know how to approach this issue, but it's okay. We're um we're going to speak from the heart. It may get a little rough, we may get a little choked up, but bear with us and Hopefully we can all share in this together and maybe we can say a little bit of what you guys are thinking and we'd love to hear your thoughts too. So send us messages, uh, send us feedback and we'll all try to support each other in this. So without any further ado, Mike Sensi. All right, well, here we go. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike uh, coming at you from my apartment in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, Dan has asked me to give you guys a little rundown on Memorial Day, what it means to me. And he's also made my worst dream come true, or nightmare, I should say, uh, in talking uh, for an extended period of time. So, as you guys know, I'm not the talker on the show. I leave that to the other guys. But uh, in honor of Memorial Day, I'm going to try my best, and hopefully it uh, doesn't go too poorly. So, first, before we start, I'm going to go ahead and throw in a dip and just kind of get in my, my element. I gotta, I'll, I'll tell you guys a story and... Uh, how I met uh, President Trump, I know, it's out of left field, um, and then talk about maybe some KIA kind of stuff and Memorial Day and hopefully like a uh, successful orgy, it all comes together at the end. So let me throw in a dip real quick. Also, while I'm throwing in this dip, uh, if you guys don't know, I actually dip pouches and I get a lot of hate for that. And I just want to say, fuck you, because I'll dip whatever I want. Dan has explicitly told me not to... Uh, not to say fuck you to the audience, but I don't know why you guys come after me for dipping pouches. It's the same thing. It's like it's weaker dosage and it's smaller, but it's it's cleaner for me and it's just it's easier to quit when I want to quit. So whatever, it's free country. One second. Okay. <sighs> Whew. So Memorial Day. Um it's uh Memorial Day's tricky for me personally. It's uh, it's obviously a day of remembrance and a day to relax and reflect on uh, the sacrifices made by the brave men and women of this country. Um, but for me, it's a day also to kind of uh, I, I do I do kind of get in sad boy hours a little bit, thinking about the memories of of those who aren't with us anymore. And uh, I have a, a shred of survivor's guilt from a couple different things, and so I kind of dive into that some years, and I try not to, but it uh, almost instinctually happens. Um, I also, I try to make it a social media free day because between the, um, the fucking mattress sales and the fucking bro vets yelling at everybody that it's not veterans day and it's not armed forces day. Like just, can we all chill? Like this whole community? Can we, can we chill out with berating civilians over what they don't know and how they should know? And not everybody loves the military. Like this absurd, like kind of hero worship we have for our military sometimes is, is almost too much. Uh, and I'm saying that as an active duty service member, like, we need to chill out, but that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I, 
I think it's a very important day. Uh, it's been around since the Civil War, I believe. Um, so it's obviously uh, has uh, it's deep in tradition and stuff. So I, yeah, if if you want to enjoy a day off grilling, if you want to enjoy a day off, you know, uh, shooting up heroin, you know, somewhere in the back streets of Philadelphia, do whatever you want. But um, uh, I urge you to take a second to really remember why we celebrate and why it is a day off. All right, so the story of meeting Donald Trump. Uh, so like I said, I, I'm not the talker. The only way I talk for an extended period of time is if I have a story. So if I didn't have the story to share with you all, then I, I'd, I'd be done. So uh, I, I checked into Virginia Beach in my uh, current assignment in December of 2016. I've been here what feels like forever. Um, I... Uh, it's a very fast-paced, uh, very operational unit I'm a part of, so I kind of hit the ground running, so to speak, um, and I went overseas within my first month there just to kind of get, uh, kind of turnover and kind of get the feel of the op-tempo and stuff, and uh, so while I was there, we actually, uh, we lost a service member. It was the first uh, KIA under the new Trump administration. I remember actually on my trip out there, sitting in the USO in Germany, watching our new <laughs> President Donald Trump getting sworn in. And just how, at the time, it was funny and, and weird and all these other things. But this is obviously not a political statement. But, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely bizarre to see. So I get the, I get the word that uh, one of our guys uh, was killed. And uh, as somebody who's been overseas, when Americans uh, have been killed, let alone people in your own unit, uh, it can always, it, it's always... It's always a different reaction for myself. Um, me personally, I always think to—I think back to the last time I saw them, what they were doing, and uh, like who their closest friends were. And then I, I immediately start thanking family because being the RP, obviously I got to handle uh, a lot of the ceremonies and uh, funerals and that kind of stuff. It's just—it's in the job, so uh, it's not the last time I'll see them or their family. Um, obviously, I'm very heavily involved in that, but I get the word that uh, he's died. And uh, we're going to be part of the Guardian Angel flight, flying him back home. And uh, me and a couple of buddies fucking squat up. We, we load him onto the C-17 and we take off. Our first stop is to, to re-ice his body. And uh, it, there's mo if, if anybody has had the uh, unfortunate privilege to be a part of a Guardian Angel flight, uh, essentially it's a giant aircraft um, with like six people in it. Uh, and the body of the deceased um, to be included in that. So essentially it's a giant aircraft made for tons and tons of troops and equipment, but right in the middle is one lone casket with American flag on top, and then probably like close friends and teammates and stuff flying them home, depending on your unit and the SOPs. <clears throat> so we fly. It's a, Obviously it's a very sad uh, flight, not a lot of talking, uh, not a lot of jokes being made, but kind of hanging out, and we make our first stop, and the liaison there is an Air Force lieutenant, and she immediately grabs me and my buddy, um, and she starts crying and hugs us, which is absurd. Uh, to me, it was absurd, which is very weird. And she goes, thank you for your service. I'm so sorry. And it's, well, it's, sure, it's sad, but, um, like, you're in the military, too. Let's, let's, let's calm it down. So uh, that's going on. The re-ice in the body. We're talking about travel arrangements for the family. Uh, we're doing all the things we do. 
and uh, we load back up on the airplane and or the aircraft and we fly back out and uh, we do that another time we raise his body in another country pick up uh, his brother oddly enough who is uh, uh, in the service as well and <clears throat> fly him out to, uh, to to Dover Air Force Base and uh, we get there and uh, a bunch of us other like older teammates and stuff are coming aboard and other command members and it's been a long flight. We're all very tired. We're all very sad. We're kind of emotionally drained. And then we get word um, President Trump is going to be there, and because uh, it's uh, the first KA under his administration, he wants to show face. He wants to get, pay his dues and respect. And I, I, I've always appreciated that. No matter what you say about the guy, he's obviously um, a very polarizing person. And him, <laughs> him as a president has been quite the experience. But uh, I, I, I can't fault him for what he did this day personally. And so uh, we get there, lower the ramp, get everything ready, and uh, all parts of the president's posse is popping in and out, making sure everything's good to go for his two-second, you know, slow salute and stuff. And uh, before I know it, like, we're just being bombarded with all these uh, high-ranking officials and senior staff and CEOs and uh, just all, all different branches, like, just kind of crowding the aircraft, um, really, really uh, jostling and pushing for for position in this ceremony and just wanting to be part of it, I guess. And it got pretty overwhelming um, to the point that uh, one of his teammates that we flew back with actually put his hand on the casket and said, hey, can I give everybody's attention? If you don't know who the fuck is in this casket, get off this aircraft right now. Which obviously stunned a bunch of people, um, but was needed to be said because it was very ghoulish of them to kind of try and be part of the photo op of a fallen service member just because, you know, the president's going to be there. So a couple of people um, reluctantly shuffled off board and kind of fucked off, which was good. Uh, but uh, that's a whole other thing. I, I, I don't know why you feel like you have to be a part of it, um, as the kids say, for the clout. But um, that's always stuck with me. Like, I, I will never understand the actions of some of those people because they were it's not like they came aboard and said, like, hey, sorry for your loss. It was like, hey, get out of the way. My, my colonel's going to stand here. Like, go away. Go the fuck away. <clears throat> so we're sitting there. We're waiting. Um, his official little cavalcade of people and stuff come come aboard. And, and finally, like, the third group, there's newly elected President Trump in the middle. And I don't know if anybody's uh, actually met him, but he's a big dude. Like, he's fucking... He's 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 quite the unit. He's not uh, he's not athletically built, <laughs> as some would say, but he is a he's a big dude. Um, comes aboard, gives his kind of sloppy slow salute. I mean, he tried. You could tell he was obviously shooketh. This is a lot for him to comprehend, going from the celebrity apprentice to uh, paying respects to a fallen service member under an order he signed. So I always appreciate him for that, but. Uh, so he does his thing. He leaves. It's weird. I, I haven't slept well in like two days and just saw the newly elected President Trump. And he uh, he did his thing, which was nice to see. And then I turned to my buddy and I was like, man, I was like, President Trump, he's a, he's a big dude. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's huge. And uh, I was like, I was just like, I, was, I couldn't stop just kind of like staring at him. And uh, he's like, yeah, okay, weird. And then he's like, uh, uh, he's like, yeah, his daughter Ivanka pretty tall too. I was like, oh man, if Ivanka were here, that'd be great. 
I could do my whole like, hey, I'm Mike Sensi thing and, you know, <laughs> try and hit on her and just making jokes. And uh, he's like, he's like, no, she was here. I was like, oh, which part, which group was she in? Like, I didn't, I didn't even see her. And he's like, he was standing, she was standing right next to Donald Trump. And I was like, I, mm, I do not recall that. And he's like, no, I definitely, she was right next to him the entire time. And so it took me a while to realize that uh, I'm so gay that uh, <laughs> I got lost in the, in the Donnie's hair and his his uh, polarizing uh, figure that I didn't even see his gorgeous daughter right next to him. So uh, that's, uh, I, I blame it on lack of sleep and also on his perfectly quaffed hair that was blowing in the wind while we honored our fallen teammate and brother. If I ever see him again, I'm going to just let him know that I, I guess I have a man crush on him. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, yeah, so... I said all that to say, uh, Memorial Day, uh, it means a lot to me, personally. I don't know how you all celebrate. I hope to see, uh, after the fact, um, you know, pictures of fallen service members and and their families. I hope they're doing well, because um, like I said, I've, I deal with families all the time, uh, Gold Star families and stuff, so it always it's always comforting to see uh, the praise and the support they get on social media, and, and especially in person. Uh, Memorial Day is uh, it's needed. Um, it's definitely uh, it's it's something that we we need to really sit back and recognize what what it is. Um, is it a day off? Yes. Is it a day to spend with your family and friends and drink and have a good time? Absolutely. But I I urge you all um, take five five to ten minutes, do some research on a fallen fallen soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guardsman. Um, whether it was combat related, uh, most unfortunately, most of the people that I was friends with uh, who have lost in service was suicide. So I don't discount them in this holiday at all. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it for me. I know AJ is going to go on a very long convoluted story with multiple uh, stops to talk about different stories that tie into the ultimate end of the story, as he's one to do. I know Dan's going to be very poetic and. He's going to recite literature and uh, probably have some more stories of his own. So I just wanted to give you guys that quick little little blurb into my life and what this day means to me. And again, I urge you guys to uh, have fun, uh, enjoy the day off, uh, go to the beaches if they're open during this pandemic. And uh, can't wait to get back in the studio with the guys and try to make you guys laugh and uh, entertain you guys with our debauchery once again. So thanks for listening and uh, enjoy Dan and AJ. Daniel Sharp here, and I guess it's my turn. So, it's difficult to hear Memorial Day being referred to as a holiday, because in my heart of hearts, there's no celebration. The sting of loss, reverence for the honored dead, and survivor's guilt all hit you at the same time. But uh, General Patton would probably disagree with me. He said something to the effect of, it's foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died, Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. Sometimes I wonder, you know, how would I want people to spend Memorial Day if I had died in Iraq or Afghanistan? Plenty enough close calls to, to make you wonder. And, you know, I ask myself, would I want to be mourned or celebrated or just forgotten? Particularly because the idea of my memory causing the people I care about pain just makes me nauseous. Like, I... 
I don't I don't want that. I just I would want to curl up in a ball and blink out of existence or but my answer would probably be to say go out and do some good in the world. You know, like volunteer, find a special cause, help someone in need. Then after you've done that, you know, if you don't already have one, find yourself a good partner. You know, someone to really care for. Kiss them deeply. Order Taco Bell so by the time you're done making love to them, it arrives and you can just lay in bed binge-watching your favorite TV shows while you enjoy some sweet, sweet, delicious chalupas. You know, enjoy the moment. Make the memories. And please don't post some sweaty selfie after doing a workout in my honor. That That's well enough for, for everyone else, but not for me. Like, if, if you know me personally, you know I I um, only work out because Sam makes me. <laughs> no kidding. But the key to selling, celebrating someone is to live the life they wish they could. Live their dreams. Accomplish things you know would make them proud of you. And maybe don't wait until someone's gone. Appreciate each other while you have the time. And... We know that this can be painful um, for some, so please reach out and confide in each other. We have long believed Memorial Day is for the dead, not the living. We get Veterans Day and Armed Forces Day, but the dead aren't here. Some think that they are looking down on us, but remember that their sacrifice is the only reason people have the freedom to choose how to observe the day. So if you see people being oblivious to the gravity of the occasion... Be slow to judge and be quick to forgive. People will say thank you for your service, but be gentle when you remind them that the day's not about us. It's about those that didn't come home. A small piece of Marine Corps lore is the reason why we refer to our casualties as the honored dead. Philip J. Souza was a famous Marine Corps uh, conductor, and he orchestrated a piece called The Honor Dead back in 1876. Originally, it was a piano piece, but uh, at the publisher's request, he arranged it for band um, when President Ulysses S. Grant died, and they uh, played it not only at his funeral, but at uh, Philip J. Souza's funeral as well. Uh, so if you hear Marines using that term, you can trace the origins back, back uh, long ago. The warrior mindset being that dying in battle is an act worthy of honor, and you can trace that back even further. But we have fought so many wars, and so many conflicts, so many Americans have died in some godforsaken land just face down in the mud, some obscure, forgotten battle, you know, and you have to ask, um, what's the point of it all? You know, was was the sacrifice worth it, or was it just, you know, um, a bit of blood on the roots of the tree of liberty? Um, William T. Sherman famously said, It is only those who have neither fired a shot nor heard the shrieks and groans of the wounded who cry aloud for blood and more vengeance, more desolation. War is hell. And so, with anyone who's fired their weapon in anger exists a desire to seek revenge for their their fallen friends. And after time, I began to develop a strong aversion to seeing more of them die. Every time I attended a memorial and heard Amazing Grace on bagpipes, it crushed me. And when you see the the toughest men you know reduced to tears, it just fills you with grief and anger and makes you want more blood. But every single one of my deployments was voluntary, and every time I went back, it would just add more blood to the debt 
that I was seeking to reclaim. And I got sick of it. You know, how much would be enough to give? And while I was trying to find myself, more of my friends were dying, but this time by their own hands. Like, how do you reconcile that? How do you prepare for a 6,000-mile sniper shot that ends you at home? Like, what kind of fate was that to make it all the way through a combat deployment, you know, hundreds of missions and all the close calls just to realize that your friends never were really safe, that, you know, just like a sniper shot in Iraq, you could just get a phone call one day and saying, you know, this guy was dead, that, you know, he drank too much or he mixed pills with alcohol or he wrecked his bike because um, he was on cocaine or, you know, he shot himself in the face. It's like, how, how do you reconcile that? And, you know, Memorial Day is about honoring those who died in the line of duty. And to me, those who served or who passed away later on um, are the two parts of that. Not every headstone in Arlington National Cemetery was killed overseas. Far from it, actually. Um, but in, again, my heart of hearts, it's hard to honor the memories of suicide victims in quite the same way as those who died um, overseas or from old age because it's the same category as friends who were killed by drunk drivers. There's an emptiness there and there's no closure. You know, leaves you with a lot of questions and those kind of deaths leave a real bad taste. You, you can expect to die overseas, you know, but you never expect to die back home or, you know, to, to kill yourself, to die by your own hand or to have one of your friends do that. You know, you, you fight so hard to, to keep each other safe overseas. You would sacrifice everything. You would give everything just to save them. But then when they do that to themselves, it, you feel so helpless and, for an old person, you can at least say, well, they lived a good life, or if you get hit overseas, you could chalk it up to, well, you know, these things happen in war. But the ones that die at home leave the most pain. And beyond that, my company had uh, two killed in action from rollovers of Humvees. One was during a, a night pursuit of some shithead IED emplacer, and the other was while he was uh, relieving troops. And it sucks. The only slightly less frustrating that is deaths from IEDs because one second they're there and then pink makes the next. It's so fast and so violent and sudden. It's like sometimes a guy will get shot and you won't even know until, you know, the scream for help. Um, but an IED just viciously informing you that it claimed a life and the smoke and confusion and, you know, at least in a gunfight, you're armed and facing your opponent you can romanticize the death like the old Greek tragedies. You can mutter out some final contemplation before fading away while your your buddy holds your head up and he's there with you at the last moment, but not IEDs. You know, it's hard to accept that some of my friends never realized that they died. You know, the, the explosion was so big that, you know, they were just gone instantly. And as cruel as it sounds, if, you know, if you lose your legs or get hit by shrapnel, you, you got a minute or two to get right with God or come to terms with you know with your life or your fate it, it's hard to accept that you know, that's how some of them left but you know you don't want to remember them scared or lifeless or limp or in pieces I, I was on my fourth deployment and I, I wrote a poem for my friends I had lost along the way when I got home I had a tattooed in my skin on Memorial Day weekend so I could never forget uh, it has nine lines like a medical evacuation report and it goes here we will keep you in our minds and hearts, 
where time will never age you, nor will you ever be alone. We will keep you as you were, brave and young, until we see you again, never forgotten. And that was about eight years ago. Yeah, it was about eight years ago. I might need to get that tattoo retouched. Uh, But several people have asked if they could get that tattooed on themselves as well. And it's extremely humbling to think that I can, you know, help others express their own feelings. That uh, particular arrangement of words may be mine, but the the sentiment is not new, particularly among the older World War II veterans. You know, I'm 15 years removed from my first deployment, but I, I can't imagine what it's like after 60, 70 years. Sometimes I'll vividly remember the last real conversation I had with someone it's like a bubble and a precious memory you can you know remember the expression on on their face you can remember the the joy at a a well-executed joke or you know scoffing at a poorly executed one Um, but it's like would you change it if you could would you would you say something differently it always chaps my ass how uh, higher-ups would pretend like they were the dead guy's best friend after the fact. Um, none of us are perfect, but I remember one of our gunnies calling a guy this um, a real series of derogatory terms over something completely asinine. But, you know, he was sure enough standing there tall when the guy's parents were being awarded their baby boy's award for valor uh, posthumously. Uh, the gunny had burns all over his face because his Humvee was hit with an IED. So, you know, maybe he was a changed man by then. I think we all changed a little bit. You know, with each friend that you outlive, you you change a little bit. And we move on and we get mad over life's little inconveniences and begin to let small details and memories slip. It hurts to forget, and I don't know if it was the, you know, decade-plus-long career as a grunt or just time, but I'm starting to forget dates and little details, and I hate it. But life goes on. And I wouldn't want my memory to be the burden to any of my friends, but nobody wants to be forgotten. So at the same time, like you don't want to be the shackle of someone's pain. Uh, William Cullen Bryant wrote um, this poem called Thanatopsis. And I I remember the last bit of it. It goes, uh, so live that when thy summons come to join the innumerable caravan, which moves to that mysterious realm where each shall take his chamber in the silent halls of death. Thou go not like the quarry slave at night, scourged to his dungeon, but sustained and soothed by an unfaltering trust. Approach thy grave like one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him and lays down to pleasant dreams. So as we contemplate and reflect on Memorial Day, make sure you follow those simple instructions. So live. The honored dead may... rest knowing that we yet live and race towards the dreams that they fought and died for, that we preserve the goals and ideals you know, that they, they laid their life down for. And speaking of, John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for one's friends. And Medal of Honor recipient Kyle Carpenter said in his new book, when people see his injuries and thank him for his service, he says, you're worth it. You know, our our way of life is precious, but even more so than that is how we help each other. So in my humble opinion, the best way to honor the fallen is to live a life worth dying to protect. Hey guys, this is AJ. 
and I just had a couple of quick things to talk about. Memorial Day is a time for us to tell stories. It is a time for us to remember the people that came before us or the people that came with us and never came back. And we tell those stories to each other. We tell those stories to ourselves. Uh, we have barbecues and sit around and have a drink. And we tell old war stories. And none of those war stories would be complete without the people that aren't there to tell theirs. So rather than being a huge bummer, I have a quick story I want to tell about a friend of mine that was an assaultment. And this was in 2005 during the period of Operation Steel Curtain on the western border of Iraq. So to give you a little background on my buddy, he wasn't my best friend. Uh, I'm not going to claim to have some glaring insight into his personality, but I will say um, he was definitely a huge nerd. He was big into very, what do they call it, high-concept science and high-concept science fiction. Um, he loved acid cigars and always had trouble getting them in, but always managed to find one. And he always liked having new tech. He, you know, Marine infantry guys don't get paid very much, but he would use the little money he had and he'd buy, like, new little gadgets and doodads whenever he had a chance. So... He was generally a pretty happy guy. I mean, not on the outside, as best as I could tell. Uh, we were in pretty shit conditions most of the time. And I don't remember very often ever seeing him sad or snap at any of his junior guys uh, in his section or even any of the junior guys that he dealt with otherwise. Um, he had more of a big brother kind of goofball personality not completely out of character for a weapons attachment. So for those of you who don't know, uh, you have in an infantry company or infantry platoon, you'll have uh, three in the Marine Corps. You have three platoons of infantry guys and you have a, th a fourth platoon that's made of uh, different type of weapons specialists, machine gunners, mortarmen, assaultmen, and they'll break that fourth platoon up and assign teams of those weapon specialists into the infantry platoons. The infantry platoons tend to operate in a very disciplined way. So you have your junior Marines, you have the senior Marines, which are like the corporals and sergeants and um, senior Lance corporals, which for those of you who just cringed when I said that, yes, I know that's not an actual rank, but if you've been in the infantry, you know, there's a difference between the guy who's been in the unit for like four months and hasn't done anything or been anywhere, and the guy who may technically be the same rank, but he's been on a deployment or two. Like, the level of respect and authority is different. And so, that is a self-contained unit. You have the junior Marine who is under the senior Marine's authority. So, the senior Marine can be as pleasant as he wants to be, but at the end of the day, he's in charge of you. And he can do what he wants as long as he's within the uniform code. Assaultmen, on the other hand, are weapons attachments. So they may be senior, but they don't usually act like it. Um, again, this dude's a goofball. So one of my favorite stories, and I never got a chance to actually 
give him a hard time about this because by the time the pictures got published, uh, he had already passed. <clears throat> but there's a picture that was taken by a combat com uh, combat camera guy that was present at the time. And the picture paints him and his junior Lance Corporal or PFC, I forget what the other guy was, but it paints the two of them looking like action heroes. You got the squad of infantry guys behind him with like smoke coming in and he's standing there with his shotgun looking like a badass. Well, as it turns out, he had just finished placing a breaching charge in a door and the type of breaching charge he was using, we used to call it an eight ball. I don't know if they still call it that or not. But you take a, a stick of C4 and you cut it into eight equal sections, little squares, and you'd put a uh, you'd put a, a time fuse on each one, and that way you just have like a like a satchel full of those things. So when we say, "Hey, open this door for us," they smack the eight ball onto the space between the doorknob and the door jam, and that way it would blow the lock out, or at least blow the mechanism out, so it wouldn't hold it anymore. So said, hey, man, go blow that door open. So he's like, roger this. And he runs over there. He slaps the door charge on, pulls the time fuse. He comes back around the corner and he yells out, you know, control debt, so many mics or so many seconds. And we're like, ah, oh, control debt. Everybody slaps their hands over their ears, opens their mouths, looks down, trying to pre prevent a concussive injury. And for just a moment of time, we were all still and just waiting for the boom. And then all of a sudden, this guy goes, ah, fuck. And he goes running back around the corner. And we're sitting there going, oh, shit. Like, this fucking thing's going to explode. Like, why, why would he go back? And so he comes running back. And he's got the shotgun in his hands. And he kind of rolls to flat, flatten himself up against the wall in order to be outside of the range of the explosion. And right as he flattens against the wall, the explosion goes off. Now, it's not a huge boom, but it's a boom, right? So the explosion goes off. He turns around the corner. The, the picture's taken. And so we're all like, what the fuck was that about? And he goes, okay, I feel kind of dumb, but I left my weapon sitting up against the, the door jam when I was placing the explosive. And if it had gone off, it would have blown the top of my shotgun off, and I would have been fucked. And so the thing that cracks me up is that I mean, we all, we all do stupid shit. Like plenty of us have muzzled our rifle into the dirt when we were boots and didn't know any better or left a piece of gear laying around we shouldn't have and had somebody come over and be like, ha, ah, guess what I found? Your NVGs, push, boot. And very rarely do we ever get immortalized in a photo where us doing something goofy makes us look badass for eternity. And considering the guy, I'm more than happy. This is one of the reasons I haven't said his name or anything. It's because I don't want everybody like going back, finding this picture and be like, ah, this motherfucker. No, but he was a, he was a good guy and I'm glad that happened for him. Like that, that picture, it encapsulates exactly the best things about him. To speak to a more serious subject for just a moment, one of the things we have to remember about Memorial Day is that it's about respect. And a lot of times people don't realize that they are not being respectful. 
Uh, this can come in several different varieties. When you have your civilian friends that'll say, Happy Memorial Day. Well, what exactly is happy about it, right? Thinking about my dead friends doesn't make me happy. It makes me sad or maudlin or angry or uh, any number of things. But they don't understand that, right? For them, this is just a holiday. And maybe they tangentially knew someone or maybe they're doing their best to acknowledge it and they just don't understand it. So in that sense, we need to remember that sacrifice, both uh, the sacrifice that's permanent and the sacrifice that's temporary, uh, is done for its own right. So if one of your civilian friends says, Happy Memorial Day, say, Hey, thanks, I appreciate it, and move on. There's no need to give them a speech or get into a big thing or get angry because they don't understand. And one of the things to remember is that when you join the military, you are becoming unique because you are putting yourself into a situation that most people won't or can't. But also you're doing it so that they don't have to. They don't have to understand that sacrifice. They don't have to understand pain. They don't have to understand uh, what it's like being in a combat engagement or being in a combat zone or being away from their families and to turn around and uh, correct them for it seems disingenuous, right? You have to remember you did this voluntarily. You did this for them. So if they don't understand it, it's because they're not supposed to understand it. The other version is a little less benign and this comes when people try to insert themselves in situations that don't involve them, their reasons may vary. It's hard to really tell between one person and the next. And to give you an idea what I'm talking about, uh, a couple of years after I'd left the Marine Corps, I wasn't working for DOD anymore, but I was overseas. And I had a soldier from Mortuary Affairs come up to me. Um, the soldier had just arrived and just taken over the shop. And based on what they saw on my credentials. They thought I was more important uh, than I was in the general context of being able to make stuff happen. So they came to me and they said, look, we have a problem. And that problem is that every time casualties come in, uh, looky-loos show up. It's uh, people of rank, people of uh, assumed rank, people who think they're important will show up and either try to get involved, try to give instructions. They'll try to get pictures taken or just be in the area to be seen in the area. Again, I'll say the motivation for this, I don't understand. And it would be hard pressed for you to tell me why. If it's that person's commander, okay, I get it. If you don't know who the decedent is or you weren't in their unit or you had nothing to do with anything going on, you should not be there. The request being made of me was to figure out some kind of way of putting up physical barriers that would stop people from being able to come even into that area unless they had gone through some kind of checkpoint or if they were uh, escorted in. And the fact that it had become that much of a problem was in itself the problem. I make it a point never to speak for other people. I may not always be very good at that, but I do my best. 
But I can speak for myself and say that if something happened to me in a combat zone and I went down and they were bringing me in either for treatment or for return to the States and a bunch of brass showed up who had no involvement in me and had no reason to be there, I'd be dead, but I'd still be pissed because these are the same people that probably wouldn't have given me the time of day. And yet they decided that it was important for them to involve themselves in my early termination. When in doubt, the best thing to do, just think to yourself, would Chesty Puller do this? And if the answer is no, then don't do it. Simple. And if you don't know who Chesty Puller is, I'm not going to take away Dan's thing, but I think I know what you guys need to do with yourselves. All right, Google it. So before I sign off, I'll leave you with this. While you're enjoying your Memorial Day, your paid time off from work, your barbecue, your lone drink in the basement like I'm currently having, just remember the good things about the people that we've lost. Remember the time they were funny. Remember the time they did something stupid that, you know, everybody had to suffer for, but it made you better, made you closer as a unit. Remember the piece of wisdom that they may have imparted that always sticks in your head. That one thing that always pops up in the back of your brain when you're about to do something dumb and you're like, mm, so-and-so told me maybe I shouldn't do that. Those people may no longer be with us, but the things they left behind, those memories, those are the parts of them that never go away. Those are the parts of them that continue to live. And as always, if you need somebody to talk to, if you're having a rough time of it, if you're having some bad memories, reach out to somebody, a friend, some family, hell, even DM one of us. I am terrible at responding to DMs because I don't pay attention to that stuff, but absolutely, I will answer you back and have a conversation. I'll tell you about my buddy and uh, all the different weird shit we used to get into. So enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day. Go out and tell those stories. From the Pop Smoke Studios, this is AJ signing off. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed this special edition of the Smoke Pit Podcast for Memorial Day. We will be back to our usual antics next week. However, we would be remiss if we didn't take this opportunity to thank a few sponsors. Make sure you check out arborarms.com, in particular the Nutruck. Also, check out combatcombover.com. Use our discount code SMOKEPIT to save yourself some money on pomades and beard oils. So thank you very much for tuning in, and we would love your feedback. Bye. If you have a batshit crazy story that you want us to read on the show, shoot us an email at info at popsmokemedia.com. Also, check out our social media. You can shoot us DMs there. Stay up to date on all the latest Smoke Pit news. Also, check out our merchandise at popsmokemedia.com. Give this podcast five stars. We'd appreciate it. And share it with your friends. 